Welcome to the Develop Yourself Podcast, where we teach you everything you need to land your first job as a software developer by developing yourself, developing your skills, your habits, your network, and more. My name is Aaron Hayslip. I'm one of your hosts, and today I'm doing a solo episode on radical accountability. So having an accountability partner during this time while you're learning to code, not only for the time you're spending learning to code, but for every aspect of your life. For the last six months or so, I have literally done daily check-ins with an accountability partner. And I say daily, I mean like maybe we've missed five days from the last six months, but every day I've checked in on very specific metrics. And I can literally tell you information on my mood, how many hours I slept, what I ate, literally everything for the last six months. Now that might sound crazy to you, but I want to explain it a little bit further because honestly, it's second nature. And I think it's probably where it could be for you, the thing you need to make sure this learn to code journey goes smooth for you. I think this process of you finding and identifying an accountability partner and then setting commitments, agreeing upon what those commitments are, it could be the thing that changes your life and actually helps you take the next step to learning to code and becoming a software engineer. All right, diving in here, let me first back up and give you some context for what this is all about from my own personal perspective. You might remember, if you've been following the podcast for a long time, that in December of 2020, I think it was, or 2022, sorry, in December, we started advertising. When I say advertising, I think I plugged it on the podcast a couple of times what we called 90 days of action. And we opened it up to the public. We had about 16 people join. And it was me and my friend Scott. We had been getting together for the last year or so during 2022 talking about, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we sort of devoted our lives to together starting businesses? And, you know, that goal seemed audacious at the time. But we wanted to just put some together starting businesses or doing businesses together. I think we've been inspired by a couple other people that we had heard on podcasts talk about they starting, you know, them starting hold co's, which is basically where you create a company that starts or buys other companies and you have a whole like portfolio of businesses. And the whole idea behind what we were talking about is what's the life that we want? Let's work together and just slowly start building. It doesn't have to happen right now doesn't have to happen next year. It's like a 10 year plus goal. And we realized that unless we actually do something now, like most people, we would be prone to just talking and not doing anything. And that's where this idea of 90 days of action came into play. We started asking ourselves, okay, what's the first smallest step that we could take to basically creating this big business empire? And our thought was, well, let's just try starting some kind of business together, even, you know, a small side hustle and just see where it goes like that, that process in itself. And I think we're both in a point where like we're busy. This isn't our main thing right now. Maybe eventually it could be. So we're going to have to get extra focus and extra discipline. And I think for us, this doesn't mean, and this is probably where, you know, you come into play. This doesn't mean we take a time, we take time away from our wives or kids or families, anything else that's going on. Um, you know, Scott has four small kids. He's married. I've got three kids married. My wife this last year was working long hours as a teacher. I was trying to pick up as much stuff around the house. 
as I could. So focus meant when we're working, we're engaged, like we're hyper-focused. And when we're not, we're hyper-focused on our family or any of the other things that are required of us in our life. And this is really where you're probably at too. If you're learning to code on the side or even doing a boot camp, whenever you're learning to code, you should be hyper-focused. You shouldn't be you know, searching Twitter, Facebook, etc. And whenever you're not, you should really be disconnected and unplugged. Anyway, with the new year coming around, Scott and I decided to do what anyone should do whenever they're thinking about trying to achieve goals. And we had some, quote, strategic planning, right? So we wanted to first all get an idea like, hey, what's the big picture long-term goal? We'd already had that. And at that point, when you have a big picture long-term goal, you know, and I think for, for you, it might be becoming a software engineer, or maybe it's you know, becoming an entrepreneur, um, a, a technical co-founder, starting a tech startup, whatever the eventual goal is. And unless you start actually doing something, that's not actually a goal. It's, it's just a dream. So Scott and I started talking about, okay, well, obviously, we're not going to start a $100 million hold company right now. We, we first need to have a much smaller goal. And that's really where goal setting comes into play. And we've talked about goal setting a lot on this podcast. So we said, okay, let's just start one company. Let's figure out what kind of business that is. And we don't even want to call it a company. Um, company sounds big. We, we just called it a small business. And we came up with an idea of what we wanted to start. And you've probably heard Peter and I talk about it before. It's called Freed Up. It's our virtual assistant company. And it was going to be a side gig. And our thought was, okay, all we need is our first like three to five clients, right? And if we set that to be the goal, then we can work backwards from the three to five clients. And literally we had no business. Like we didn't have anything at all. We just said, we want to start this kind of company. Um, we, here's some reasons why I won't go into that right now. And then we said, well, what, what is the micro goal here? And it's not that micro, it was like a, you know, six month goal, which was let's have three to five clients that onboard, which means, we'd have to do everything else. We'd have to build a website. We'd have to get a lawyer. We'd have to get legal docs. We'd have to incorporate the business, open a bank account, create the processes, uh, find assistants, find clients, have like a sales marketing strategy. All those things were implied, but we knew ourselves. We've been college roommates and we knew that both of us um, have wanderlust hard and um, are easily distracted and not great at focusing. And so that's when we came out with this idea of 90 days of action. In 90 days of action, the plan was essentially, you sign up for this 90 day cohort, we're gonna have a Slack channel, weekly meetings, yada yada. You're going to sign up with an accountability partner. So finally getting to the point of this episode, right? You're gonna sign up with an accountability partner and every day or week or so, you and your accountability partner will check in with one another. And before the cohort even starts, you're going to set some goals for those 90 days. And we said, hey, maybe one one main goal for those 90 days. We said, have no more than two or three goals, You know, probably just one main goal that you want to shoot toward. And one of ours obviously was create Freed Up with three to five clients. That was our main goal. And then, honestly, we stacked more goals, which was probably too ambitious, like, you know, be ripped and fit and all this other kind of stuff. Um, And then from there, we created some quick curriculum. And by the way, this was all primarily for ourselves, but we said, hey, if we brought some other people into this, this would really hold our feet to the fire because it's easy for two people on their own 
to just quit something, but the accountability, you know, definitely helps. So we brought in, I think we had, I can't even remember at this point, 15, 16 other people that were part of it. And we, we led it, which ended up being a commitment in and of itself, just to, you know, make 90 days of action. But we then said, okay, you've got your goals. Now what we need you to do is think about like, what are the metrics you can track? Like, what are the things that you can actually track for this? And, you know, an easy example of this is, well, I'm actually, I'm going to use a different example other than fitness. There was a guy in the cohort who um, was president, CEO of a nonprofit, and he had some fundraising goals, right? And so his goals were, I need to raise, you know, $100,000. I forget what it was. And obviously, there's only so much that he can affect for the raising of that money. He can reach out to people, try and set meetings, and he can make asks. But at the end of the day, he can't raise the money, right? He can't actually get the money. He needs to do all the stuff that he's responsible for in order to get the money, but he can't change the outcome. He can only change the inputs. And hopefully, if the inputs are effective, then the outcomes will be good. And so we created some language around this to say, okay, well, what then are your inputs? And I think at some point he said something like have X number of meetings a week. And we came back with some feedback and said, well, look, you can't necessarily determine them. I mean, that's, that's not an input. That's still an outcome, right? Because the input is reach out to X number of people a week or spend X number of hours reaching out to people a week, you know, yada, yada. But whether those people respond, whether they set up meetings, those, that's part of the outcome. Those are smaller outcomes that bubble up into the big outcome, which is more money raised. But we wanted to narrow everything down so simply to this part of saying day in and day out, what are the boring commitments that you are contractually committed to that you're going to do this thing no matter what? And then every week or so, we can look at the inputs, like the commitments that you've been committing to. And we can ask, have you actually done them, right? That's the first step. So if you haven't, then what's wrong with you, <laughs> right? Try again. And that was a lot of us, right? We were like trying to do these things that we couldn't maintain. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Maybe it, you know, your commitment was too audacious or too big. Um, like someone who's trying to get fit, but it's never gone to the gym before. The, the first goal shouldn't be to spend an hour at the gym every day. It should be go to the gym once a week or, or something smaller, right? So that was definitely something that we saw. But beyond that, it's like, let's, let's say we assume that you hold your commitments and we can record that. And we did. We used like a little scorecard and spreadsheets to, to track that. Then every week or so, we would then look at what were the outcomes, right? Like, so what did you accomplish? How much weight did you lose? How much money did you raise? Whatever your goal was, there were obviously some metrics around that goal that you could track on a weekly basis. And this answered the question of, was this effective, right? Were my inputs actually driving the outcomes that I wanted? And to be honest, sometimes they weren't. And that was not a bad thing. We actually said, okay, that's a win. That means we have more data, right? These inputs don't work. So what then do we need to change? And it ended up being this iterating process where 
it wasn't a consistent 90 days. It was people finally for the first time thinking about how the consequences or the, sorry, the, the actions they take today, what the consequences would be at the end of the week, end of the month, end of the, the three months, end of the year kind of thing. And, and that's really what life is all about. I mean, not to get all, you know, woo-woo on you, but ultimately the comfort you're enjoying now, and I've heard lots of different quotes like this, um, different variations of it. The comfort you're enjoying now is thanks to the discomfort that you had previously, right? So the monotony, you showing up, and I heard recently on a podcast, someone say something about what's the thing that's six inches in front of your face? Because that's all there is right now. Like you can't change anything about the future without first investing in what's right in front of your face right now. All right. So that being said, I'm going to back up a little bit and just walk you through a step-by-step process to identifying accountability partner, creating goals that you might have, setting these to a certain time frame, whether it be one month, three months, a whole year. And then practically, like how do you actually track those things? Because at the end of the day, the thing that you want to achieve a year from now or where you want to be a year from now it will come down to daily commitments. And that's the idea here is, do you stick to these daily commitments or not? Who's to know and who's to care unless you have someone in there with you holding you accountable to that? So let's start with an accountability partner. Where do you find one? Well, I would start off by saying that you wanna find someone who has similar goals to you and who's in a similar spot. I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you are someone with some amount of ambition, right? You have goals for yourself. And obviously you can look around in your community or in your friend group and there's friends that you have that probably have very little ambition. And these folks probably more or less are victims. Uh, They have a victim mentality. Every time there's a, a loss, they blame everyone else. Every time there's a win in their life, it's all because of them. Those aren't the kind of people that you want to have as accountability partners right now. So who are the people in your life that are ambitious and have a positive mindset and who have similar goals to you? These could be fitness goals, financial goals. Probably, if you're listening to this podcast, it's someone else who wants to learn to code and become a software engineer. So if you're in a boot camp, maybe it's a fellow student you met, or if you're considering a boot camp, consider doing one with a friend. And this friend should be your accountability partner. In fact, I would urge you after listening to this podcast, approach one or two of these people and ask them to commit to doing this. And what is this? Well, this is what I'm outlining right now. Okay. Assuming you've identified a person or two, heck, even make a little group of people, if you wish, kind of like Scott and I did. Now you're going to want to identify your goals. And let's take one that's relatively straightforward, or let's take a couple. Uh, Let's say one of them is to land your first job as a software engineer. And we're going to assume here that you've already gone through boot camp. You know the things you need to know to become a software engineer or to be one. You just need to find that job. So that could be one. Um, Another one could be some sort of fitness goal, right? This was one of mine. And, And by the way, I probably don't advise if you don't have much fitness, right? If you're starting from zero, I probably wouldn't do both of these at the same time um, because it's just going to be too overwhelming because both of these are pretty life-changing goals. But instead, 
pick the, the thing you most want to focus on. And by the way, one of the things that we discovered also um, during the 90 Days of Action, uh, a bunch of people setting goals and holding each other accountable, was that depending on where you're at in the other areas of your life, it may or may not be the right time to go hard in other certain areas. That doesn't make sense. Let me explain. So think about your life in these three categories, health, wealth, and relationships. Every day or every given month or season, you're contributing to these three areas of your life in some way. You're either growing your income or you're not staying the same or it's decreasing or you're at risk of a job loss or either eating healthy or eating poorly and terribly and not working out. You're either calling your mom or you're not, (laughs) whatever the relationship category looks like for you. And you want to think about these three areas and identify like what is a baseline that you want to be at in each of these areas. Because if one of those areas is following falling apart, it's going to be pretty hard for you to go hard in another area of your life. And when, when I say baseline, I, I think to myself, okay, if, if I didn't do anything radically different about this thing over the next three months, six months, or a year, would it not only be okay, but it'd be pretty good, right? Um, so for example, if you have a steady job, steady income, and you've got you know three to six months in your emergency fund, I'd say your wealth category, you know, depending on what your goals are and who you are, is probably at baseline. Like you're probably pretty good. You don't need to think about your budget. You don't need to think about your finances any more than you're already doing. If you just did what you've been doing, you'd be fine, right? And so you kind of want to be at baseline in these other areas before you go hard on one of them because otherwise things are going to fall apart. So if you're incredibly unhealthy, um, you uh, this now is not the time necessarily to make a massive goal on learning to code. You should first think about going for walks and cleaning up your diet and those kinds of things, if that makes sense. So anyways, think about where you're at in those contexts. So let's, let's say in, in this example that our goal is to get a job as a software engineer. We just graduated from a code school, right? So what we're starting with here is the goal or another way to say this is the outcome, right? So there is an outcome that we want, which is to land a job as a software engineer. Great. The next thing we want to do with that goal is to time bound it. Now, the way that uh, Scott and I normally work with our accountability is we kind of break things up into quarters of the year. So about every 90 days and we say to ourselves, okay, hey, let's hit reset um, for these months. And actually for this year, the way we've done it is we started sort of mid-January to mid-April. We went May through July We're going to go August um, through October and then November and December is going to be this really weird, like two month quarter. And then we're going to start over probably January to March again in 2024. So I would advise find three months and get with a friend and say, okay, Hey, let's set goals and do this a few weeks ahead of time before the three months start and really think through what these goals are. Let's see, let's set goals for the next three months. And then for those three months, we're going to go hard on it. So your goal might then end up being, I want to land a job as a software engineer within three months. So let's say I'm going to start in August. So August, September, October. I have until October 31st to land a job as a software engineer. That's the outcome you're shooting for. 
So now that you have the outcome, and again, you can do this for several different things. Maybe you want to get to 12% body fat. Um, there's other, other goals you could have during this 90-day season as well. Think through what inputs do you need to stick to? What commitments do you need to have in order to get to that job by the end of the 90 days? And again, you don't have to be completely accurate on these commitments. Maybe you don't exactly know what's effective until you start, right? And, and this is why, I'll, by the way, I always like using um, like weight loss as an example here because if you say, hey, I want to lose 20 pounds, you say, great, I'm going to start by eating you know, 3,000 calories a day. You could start measuring that and then those measurements will tell you whether or not your commitments are actually giving you the outcome that you want. So, with the job thing, maybe you have a commitment to say, hey, I am going to reach out to five people a week. Uh, maybe you have some other like objective type commitments like, hey, I'm going to rebuild my resume. I would think about with the accountability piece, it's easier to think about like what are the long-term commitments day in and day out, week in and week out that I can commit to and then track those and really have my accountability partner um, hold me accountable to whether or not I'm doing those things. So maybe it's reaching out to five people a week. Maybe it's coding. Um, you want to have 20 Git commits a week on a on a project um, and really outline what you think those things are that will get you toward your goal or not. So again, you and your accountability partner both do that for yourselves individually, decide how many goals you want, and then underneath each of those goals, what are your daily commitments that you're making? And have this discussion with your partner and help each other out and review each other's goals and make sure that those goals or uh, those um, inputs, those commitments will actually produce those outcomes. All right. From there, what I like to set up is some method for daily accountability and then some method for a weekly check-in. Now, here's how Scott and I have done this. And again, we're doing this every single quarter. I mean, we, we have actually so far this year. And we're doing it every week, every day. Now, we've taken a couple of breaks here and there between quarters just to give us some breathing room and to assess you know, what we want to change, whether or not it's going well or not. But we're doing this all the time. So one thing I would say is think through like the theme of this quarter like or this season of life. And I say season of life. You've probably heard that term before. When I think about a season of life, I think about a, a you know a season where it's it's either measured in months, um, maybe even years. And I want to think about like what's the aura or as a woo-woo word also, what's what's the like the environment of this season? Am I trying to earn a bunch of money? Am I optimizing to get my income up? Am I optimizing for my health? Um, I'd say right now I'm coming out of a season where I've been grinding hard. Like I've been uh, running more than one business, um, multiple streams of income, and I'm exhausted. So this next season that I'm going into, which is going to start in August, September, October, is about doing things really well, um, focusing my energy, and really about inner peace. Um, again, that sounds woo-woo. I'm not really a woo-woo guy, but um, I just want to be present with my kids and my family. Uh, I, I want to have time with my wife. So my goal is going to look a lot different. And, and if your goal in this season is to get a job as a software engineer, for example, like pretty much everything has to revolve around that. So think about that too when you're planning out your goals is like what is like the theme 
or the emotion of the season. Okay, back to figuring out practically how to track these things daily or weekly. Um, the way Scott and I did it is we use Notion. If you're not familiar with Notion, Notion.io, it's it's sort of an advanced note-taking app that allows you to build like custom databases and stuff. You don't have to use that. You can use a spreadsheet, um, whatever. And the idea is every day you want to have, we do this seven days a week, you want to have inputs that you're tracking. Now, maybe not every day do you track every input. So for example, we have some things where it's like, if you wanted to reach out to five people about jobs in a given week, you don't need to do it every day. You could reach out to five people on Friday and not at all again. But what we do is every day we keep track of that that item. And so if seven days go by and Scott sees that I've reached out to no people, he'll be worried, right? If Thursday rolls around and I haven't reached out to anybody, he's like, hey, man, like you've got one work day left to reach out to somebody. Are you going to do that or not. And the cool thing about Notion and their custom databases is you can add custom properties and you can make the value of those properties like a Boolean, you know, yes or no, or a number, etc. So I'm going to give you mine for my daily items and then I'll talk about my weekly check-in. So this last um, quarter for me and my goals were really, they were simplified. They were really around health. I was trying to um, cut down. <laughs> Gosh, it sounds so cheesy to say this on a podcast, but I was thinking about fitness stuff, right? So I was tracking a few things for me that I realized that were good to track. Um, one of them was uh, my calories, right? I tracked my calories, I tracked my protein because in my belief, I didn't need to track all my macronutrients, just need to make sure I get a certain amount of protein and my calories were under a certain um, threshold. And I wanted to do that every day of the week. So Scott every day saw my calories and my protein. Um, he also saw my weight. I tracked whether or not I grazed because I realized that if I got home and just went to the pantry and ate, you know, five or 10 chips, I usually didn't, didn't tend to track those. So I wanted Scott to hold me accountable to not grazing at all, like not only eating meals. Like if only if I was sitting down, which, which was helpful by the way, because then I was so much more thankful to be eating, um, or for the food I ate. Um, I did one where I tracked my tracking accuracy. So like, all right, you, you said you ate, you know, 2000 calories. How accurate was that? And so I had like a little sliding scale of how accurate that was. Um, I also tracked whether or not I lifted. So I wanted it to be uh, weightlifting four days a week. And I tracked that. I also tracked a few other things. Uh, did I avoid social media in my office? So if I'm at work, I don't want to be scrolling on social media. I tracked uh, how many Pomodoros I did. And that's, again, um, some of my goals were around staying focused while I was working. Uh, and I tracked my morning routine. So I wanted to have a morning routine. And I, I had Scott hold me accountable to actually uh, sticking with that. And then also the yelling at my kids things that I talked about earlier, which isn't funny, but sounds ridiculous when I say it out loud to all the listeners of a podcast. So these were the things that I was tracking on a daily basis. And then in Notion, um, I had all of these days, like these seven days, roll up so I could get a weekly average for average number of calories, average protein, 
average weight, etc. And I more or less had goals around like that week, what I wanted, right? And that, those are some of the things that Scott and I talked about. I was like, hey, in a given week, how many times do you want to yell at your kids? I was like, well, uh, the goal is zero. Yeah. How many Pomodoros do you want in a given week? And all of those rolled up into this weekly um, sort of metric. And so what Scott and I would do is we had a Slack channel, by the way. Every day we'd input all of our numbers from the day before. And in the mornings we would post uh, in this Slack channel that's just him and I. It's called Accountability Feed. And we would get a screenshot of that day. Oh, yeah. One more thing that we tracked was mindset um, on a scale of one to five. Like, how good are you feeling? That was incredible, to be honest, or it has been, because without even having to talk to Scott, I can just see how he's doing. And it might prompt me to reach out to him if if I see that. Man, he, he ate, you know, 8,000 calories and his mindset's a one. Then I know that Scott's not doing well. I need to give him a call or something. But even without talking, we were able to, to, to check on each other. And then once a week, every Monday, we would say, okay, Monday is weekly check-in time. And we would post basically a summary of how we did the previous week. And believe it or not, this is powerful because you might think you're doing better than you actually are or you're doing worse than you actually are until you average it out. And actually, this was a journey for me in the fitness stuff where it's like, okay, man, I'm cutting calories so hard. What I realized is, yeah, maybe Monday through Thursday, I was like eating like a bird. But then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, I didn't realize, but I would eat like all of my calories in a given week in those three days. I didn't know that until I started tracking it. And so this is an opportunity for you to see, you know, the, your, your week in a given snapshot. And then now you can start to track the larger things. So for example, um, if you're reaching out to five people a week for a job, and you're still not getting any interviews, then your inputs aren't creating the outcomes that you're wanting, right? Um, and so you can start to tweak those. And maybe you have a discussion with your accountability partner to say, okay, hey, you know what? Five's not enough. It's going to be 20. And maybe the next week you realize that that wasn't it either. There's something else that you've got to do. And you just keep tweaking it and learning. And that's really what it was for me, honestly, is in my fitness stuff is like, I had to just keep tweaking, keep tweaking, not stopping. And that's what's so great about the accountability feed is like, you just don't want to break the chain on the daily check-ins. And if Scott and I, or I, don't check in. We're like jabbing each other, being like, all right, man, I'm, I'm over here busting it to like give you all my information, checking in today. Like, where are you at today? Like, how, how'd you do? Because I want him to do well because it's going to help me do well and vice versa. And then during those weeks, you can look and see if your progress is, um, or your inputs are effective or not and, and make any kind of tweaks that you need to. So you just don't stop until the end of the 90 days and then you just reassess um, how did that go? Did I achieve my goals or not? And what Scott and I have been doing since that is every 90 days we will pause. Um, we might take a couple week break and we just think through, right, what are the new things for this next season? And it's been really cool to really look at every season or every quarter and think through like what do I want to be held accountable to in this next season? So for me, I'm going to keep going um, with the fitness stuff, just different. Now I'm going to try to eat more and um, build more muscle. Um, and then all, in all the other areas, I said something about inner peace, right? I really want to be held to my morning routine more where I'm waking up and I'm reading and journaling. Um, it's going to be more important, those things. And then focused work, right? I want to be held accountable to actually focusing while I'm at work. But um, everything else will kind of be secondary for me 
in this next season. Anyway, um, yeah, let us know if you have questions about this. I'm happy to post our Notion templates for any of this. And um, all I have to say, I encourage you to give this a shot. I bet if you find someone who's willing to do it with you, you will never want to stop because it's just been life-changing to see how much more velocity I have, how much more intentionality I have in my life whenever there's someone else who's in my corner with me. It's been so good for Scott and I, even as friends, to be able to be connected in this way. Um, And there's just nothing like it to have an accountability partner. So in this season, I think for you learning to code, there could be no better investment. And I think over time, as you continue to do this kind of accountability with a friend, you will evolve. You will start setting more goals. You'll get better at it. Your bar will be raised. And I think your life will be changed because of it. So please let me know if you do this. Send me an email. Um, I'm happy to share my Notion templates with anyone who wants them. I would post them uh, up publicly. But to be honest, they're, they're sort of sensitive because it has every piece of information about my life in it. But I could probably put it into a template. So Email me if you want it. I'll send it to you, Aaron at Parsi.io. That does it for today's episode. Have a good rest of your week.